how old is Batman? If how I mean if uh John is in his forties. Fifties. Okay. This makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. how old is Vixen? Oh. She old too. They all old. I guess we can all, the leaders, <laughs> all the leaders are old. Like I think if that is one thing that DC has been very consistent to like let you know is that the league is old. Damn, and that's I was like gonna, I was going to say the youngest one was like 32. Nobody's like younger than 30. Who's 32? You know. Supergirl? Who's Yeah. Like Supergirl's like 30. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Supergirl. <laughs> but like when you get to the people above her, Clark and them, they 50. They're they 50. Yeah. They they're like the Clark again. Is <laughs> All right, hello, and welcome back to another relaunch. Everyone, we're your hosts. I am Salida Kyle, aka the Master Thief Catwoman. I am Mario McCabe, bitch, bad bitch herself, Miss Vixen. Yeah, the model. We love to see it. Yes. How are you doing? You know, I am great. I am great. I am um, not well rested, but I am great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I um, ended up going out with a friend last night, and mm-hmm. that just turned into you had like. A good time. Had a great time. <laughs> Had a good okay. time. That's all that um, matters. Yeah. How are you? I love that. Um, I'm doing good. I started watching this new show on Netflix called The Physical 100. It's an athletic competition based in Korea. And it's been, like, really interesting to watch. Because, you know, I always talk about it. I love uh, Test of Endurance. So shows like Endurance that used to come on back in the day, Wipeout, The Floor is Lava, American Gladiator, all those kind of things. I'm really Classic. Into. American Gladiator was yeah. a classic. Yeah, all of those things. So I really like to watch it. And this one's really cool, um, mostly because there are a lot of them are like bodybuilders. You can, I'm not going to lie. You can tell a lot of these people are on steroids, but yes. they're doing what these <laughs> So <laughs> the first two episodes of that came out, and it's been really cool. So I've been into that. And I'm also thinking about getting some new tattoos. So I've been like kind of workshopping some ideas for that. I, I have a couple that have been locked in the vault that I feel like I need to kind of let loose on. So I want to get those because they're smaller, but there are some bigger ones that I've been contemplating and I just need to get them drawn out and like find out where I want them placed on my body. If I want them in like nice concealed spaces or if I want to be a little risque so I can wear something tight and small out during the summer. I like that. I like that. (laughs) I really want to get a sleeve um, tattoo and I also got that's a thigh tattoo. Oh my gosh, I've been thinking about a tie, a tie, a thigh tattoo. Like I really want one, but I just don't know what I want to put on my thigh. Mm. I have an idea for what I want to put on my thigh. I'm not gonna say what it is though. You should keep it to yourself. Keep them all to yourself because someone will take your idea and then pop out with your tattoo and you're gonna be mad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just like it'll be a nice surprise for whoever sees it in real life. <clears throat> like, oh, I got Ooh, this one okay. too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I respect that as well. That's a good one. You know, yeah, so that's all I've got going on. Tattoos and TV. That's my life. Period. That's great. 
Um, all right, well, let's go ahead and get into the updates of the week. Um, we, we actually don't have any this week. There wasn't too much going on. There's going to be a bunch of announcements, allegedly, from uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran from the DC side. Um, they had said that, you know, January, they were going to come and tell everyone about, like, the slate of movies that they had planned out. Um, you know, we'll actually see what that ends up becoming and who ends up sticking around for what. Um, and then we also seen on the Marvel side, there were some people, I think there was some casting rumors and stuff are going around, but again, you know, let me know if y'all want to. A girl got cast, didn't she? An Asian girl got cast in Armor Wars? Yes, she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was a rumor. It wasn't like... Oh, it wasn't like confirmed, confirmed. Yeah. If it's true, I think she'll be Susie Endo. Oh. I liked her. I like that. I've re- I read the War Machine series like years, years ago. It was written by Greg Pak. It was during like the Dark Reign era, I think it was. And mm. it was fine. It's kind of the thing that honestly yeah, made me realize. Right. <laughs> it made me realize that I don't think I like Rhodey as much as I thought I did. <laughs> oh my God. I read that same series and thought the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was mm-hmm. like he don't got it. <laughs> I was like, maybe he's not the character for me. But I do remember Susie uh, being in that book. And like, that was my first big introduction to her. So I thought that, like, if that's true, I think that'll be a cool casting. That is so wild that you had that same. Epiphany, because I were, I was reading that, and that was before we knew each other. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he, like, oh, I don't think this is for me. <laughs> I was like, oh, and like I had been like, I had been lying to people, like, oh, Wolverine is one of my favorite characters. He's got this book coming out, da, 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 like. And then I was reading, I was like, oh, I was like, is this what it is? <laughs> and it's wild because it didn't feel like off. For a war machine, it didn't feel like this was it out did. of character. It, this it felt, felt like this like, who he is. This is a war machine book. I was like, oh, this is like Rhodey. This is <laughs> this is Tony's best friend. I don't know. Like that should have let me know because none of my faves like Tony. So. Yeah, I also don't think I really get into the armed characters that much. Okay. I um I I like a tech character. I don't think I like a tech suit character. Well, we'll be talking about a couple later. How do you feel about the Steelworks people, Natasha and John? Well, I like them. Mm-hmm. They got but suits. Their suits are kind of different, though. I feel like with the Iron Man suits, they do a lot of like transformation and like pulsars and beams and all that kind of stuff. Stealing them, like we got the basics to give us some strength, and then I got my hammer. <laughs> yeah what about uh natasha she had powers for a while which i thought those were really cool um i did not like natasha with powers i i appreciated the storyline that it had with like lex luther and like all that thing remember when he pushed that button and took away all those people's powers and they died that is yeah, a nasty. Man right there. <laughs> but um so like that whole part is when she was a part of that program and like got the powers back i thought like that was interesting but i wasn't really a fan of the light power she had during that time I do like her in her steel suit. Yeah. The steel suit is cool. I think yeah. I just wish that she had powers. But that's just me. Y'all know I love a human power person. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, there were some rumors about uh, some castings. But, you know, like I said, I'll kind of try to keep the rumors to a minimum until things are completely confirmed. Unless y'all want me to become, like, more of a scooper. You let me know. I yeah, do keep my we love scoops. Keep them, keep um, them. There was a little bit of tea, um, 
my boy Wonder Man's uh, filming has been moved up. He was going to start filming in Atlanta in April, but now he will be there. I think they started filming in March. So we'll definitely be seeing some mm. set picks from that come up. That should be really cool. I'm excited for that. Um, that I think Blade's supposed to start filming around that time, too. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see some like set you know, been picks around. and all that. I wonder what they're going to do with him. You think they're going to do the bloodline or? I really, I don't even know how I feel about bloodline yet. So I don't think that I'm ready to see that in the media, but did you see, <laughs> did you wow. see that the villain from the first blade movie was like talking trash about this one that's coming up? He's like, it can't even find a director. Like the movie suck. I'm tired of Marvel. And it's like, <laughs> sir, nobody's thinking about you. Be calm. And it's crazy because the last thing he did was true crime detective season three that had Mahershala in it. Nasty. For no reason. That to me and sounds that like why. he was asking to be called back for the blade this time. He was like, Oh, you know, I work with Mahershala. I was in the first blade. Maybe they don't want to bring me back to the MCU. They I can get that MCU check. <laughs> <laughs> and the email bounced back. <laughs> they say they don't work no more. So Mr. Sir, we think you have the wrong number. Call somebody else. <laughs> But nonetheless, that was going on. That's funny. But we'll see how that happens. I really do kind of hope they stick with... I saw something that it said it's supposed to be a period piece. Like, takes place in the 1920s. And oh, we'll see kind of we'll how it's going on with that. So we'll see. I don't know. Black Blade in the 1920s? I know. That's exactly what I said. I don't want to hit no slurs in my Marvel movie. <laughs> I don't know about that one. There was a rumor about the Fantastic Four being not from the 60s, but trapped in the 60s in their movie. That sounds right for them. So then that way they can probably cast a multicultural Fantastic Four, but still do it. Oh, they're from the 60s because they are back there. Again, these are our rumors, so who knows what's going to be true. We'll see as it comes. Keep your shades to yourself. Fantastic Four and doing great. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. <laughs> Just letting everybody know the four are doing fine. <laughs> okay. We're happy for them and their success and their upcoming movie. <laughs> exactly. And on that note, let's go ahead and take a break and we'll come right back. <laughs> cool. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the comic section of the show. And um, it's been a good little week for the comic books. You know, I must say I had some really interesting good books on my pool. So a couple of quick mentions for the week. Uh, Justice Society number two came out. This this wasn't one of the good books. <laughs> um, it was fine. It was, it was fine. You know, I would Pretty, read art's great. I like Michael Janine. The art, his art is like fantastic. But I don't know. John's just not here for me to go around on this time. But I'm, I'm going to stick around for a few more issues to see what it gives. Uh, Midnight Suns number five came out this week. That book concluded, honestly, maybe my pulls were a little bit more of a mixed bag than I thought. Because I, did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't really enjoy like this. The, the first two issues of this series, I was like really into. And I think after that, it kind of tapered off. The ending wasn't really satisfying. Agatha became young full time. It's very much giving MCUification of her. And oh, she's like, that was full time now? Yeah. 
She's young now. Oh. <laughs> the MCU synergy truly is undefeated. Yeah, that's her thing. She, like, dies <clears throat> in the issue, and then, like, at the end, she comes back, and she's still in her young form. She's like, I'm here, da 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 whatever. It's just so she could look like Catherine Hahn. I don't like it. Uh, and this is what the book is supposed to be about. I'm really the little black girl? Yeah, like, I really want to root for her. She's a little black girl doing magic. She gives you nothing. Like, nothing. So, we'll see how that goes. But The Magic Order 4, number one, came out. You know, The Magic Order is a book that I've been following. It's been having a couple different volumes. This is the fourth collection of the series. The first issue of that came out. That was actually hot. Dyke Ruin, who used to do the art for Shang-Chi, is now doing the art for this book. And he is killing it. He's got a little bit of a Quapel feel. And basically, a bunch of people are coming to kill the members of the Order. So, like, throughout the entire issue... They're magically getting taken down. And it's really interesting and creative in the ways that it happened. There's this one panel where this guy's actually watching TV and the TV starts talking to her. They're like, Eddie, hey, look over here. He looked at the TV. They like shoot him through. And it was like, oh, oh that's badass. Yeah, it was like, oh, it's given. So that came out as well. But getting into some of our main books, this is kind of where the pool was starting to get back on the uptick and it was good. <laughs> number one on our list is Action Comics number 1051 that comes from Phil Kennedy Johnson and Rafa Sandoval. There were also two backups, a part of this book because it is a super-sized issue. One was by Dan Jerkins and Lee Weeks. It was about Superman, John, and Lois on a trip coming back to Metropolis. And then there was a second one from Leah Williams and Marguerite Savage about Power Girl guest starring Lilith Clay Jupiter, the Omen. But the main book of this series, um, it has followed, you know, Superman's come back from War World. Things are, they're talking about Metropolis and how they discovered, the, the, how they discussed time being before Superman arrived and after Superman arrived, and how there was kind of this uptick on crime, and you could start to notice the difference in the city, but one thing always stayed the same, and that was the wind. You'd feel this gust of wind, and that's how you know, like, oh, you would see a boy falling from a tree, but then all of a sudden he was in his parents' arms, or you'd see a cat on top of something, and all of a sudden it was back home where it needs to be, and that's how you know that Superman kind of was around, and as things were picking back up, now he's got all of these people with him. We've got Superboy, we've got John, Supergirl, Keenan, Natasha, Steele, all of them. We go back to the home. Oh, and the two little kids, Olsen and Also. Well, I don't know if I liked them that much yet, but we'll get into that also. Yeah. We get back to I, have the, a, I have an opinion about them, but we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> At the Kent house. <clears throat> And we kind of see all of the super fam together and Clark is doing his speech about how times have changed and why he does still believe that humanity can fix itself. They need a little bit of help. And that's why they're <laughs> <laughs> launching Steelworks with Natasha and John Henry kind of as the faces of the company and leading everything. On the flip side of that, we have Natalo who's running around going crazy and Lex is in his head telling him that he needs to do what he needs to do. We get to the launch of Steelworks and the super family is out there. John and Natasha are giving their speech about what it represents. We notice that Superman is missing, and that is because Clark Kent is in the field doing his reporter thing. Superboy notices that something seems off. So when he goes up to check on it, we see Matalo, who has been attacking guards and is kind of in the place. He blows up the structure, and he is ready to cause havoc and damage, and that's where the issue ends. And it was really good. PKG continues to knock it out of the park on this title and convert people to the Superman family. I know someone who was talking about how they picked this issue up specifically for... They actually picked it up for the Power Girl backup, but they were telling me, oh, this issue, like, they were like, has this always been this good? And I was like, yes. 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 <laughs> but it's always been this good, yes. 
It's truly been great, y'all. Pick it up. Action Comics has been a fantastic run. Y'all have heard me on this podcast so far continuously say that I was a Superman hater <laughs> before reading this, and now I'm in the fam. I got a Superman shirt. Um, yeah. I am. I'm all for the super fam. I love the shot of all of them together. Um, Connor looks great in his jacket. I like it that everybody else got jackets too. Um, and this I don't like that Keenan like... got his uh, fade. I still wish he had a little bit of his long hair. Yeah, I feel like they did that because in action everybody shots from afar, the they all look the same. <laughs> <laughs> they all got the same hair. <laughs> they all got the same face. <laughs> so, so like... I feel like I feel like Connor would have been the one to get the buzz cut. Out of anybody. I feel like you're trying to take him back to his uh, Titans era <laughs> with that T-shirt. I'm just saying. I'm right, just I saying. Like the <laughs> let's keep through this. It's the look he's had. It's consistent. So we'll see. But that's me. That's my own thing. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed this issue a lot. It really feels like a, like a jumping on point for anyone kind of jumping into the super fam who didn't you know, hop on during the whole War World saga before. Um, I also have a theory that mm-hmm. these two twins, in my opinion, are an example of Philip Kennedy Johnson really like making something work and telling a story that he probably really wanted to tell, but still within the confines of the universe. Now, follow me. Okay, I'm walking. We know that Superman and Lois had their son, and then he had this whole Super Sons thing with him and Damien, and then all of a sudden, he was like 17, <laughs> 18 years old, yeah. got aged up, right? And we so we missed out on a lot of, like, the, like, dad parenting. The parenting stuff. And I think by using these super twins, you're able to give not only Clark and Lois this, like, you know, parental story of them being like parents to young kids you also get to give and we kind of saw hints of it in this issue like this like kind of mm-hmm. jealousy where mm-hmm. do i fit in now with my with my family um from john kent so i think that like it's a really true testament to the way that billy Kelly johnson is like making it all kind of work and still mm-hmm. like push everybody forward without like taking away from the past he could have easily you know had John run through some portal or something and make him yeah. young again. No, that's true. And I and I, I can agree with that as well. I do think that the little hint of John with Natasha asking him, like, how you feeling? Your parents didn't tell you you were adopting these kids. And he was like, no, they did. But I guess I just didn't realize it was, like, actually happening. And, like, here <laughs> Right, <kids."> right. <laughs> it was like, well, they was going to, like, Go home. <laughs> <After a while. laughs> he was like, "Oh, they told me, but I guess uh, I thought that was really interesting." And we'll kind of see how that goes. I think it again agree that it'll give Clark and Lois that chance to actually like have those parental moments and raise the kids, and we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm interested. I think this is something that kind of makes John a little bit interesting. Well, as more interesting. Yeah. Well, interesting. I didn't think he was that interesting before. So you could say that. That's true. <laughs> this, is <a> <laughs> this is the truth. <laughs> he did well, not. I'm, he was boring. Um, I still don't know if I'm going to collect any of the other Superman books that are going on or if, how they're going to connect, but I definitely know I will be sticking with Axie Comics for sure. Definitely. And I actually also enjoyed the um, middle backup by uh, Jergens and like the story about 
like young John in their old house where he was with them. And Mm -hmm. during that time where he was still a kid and we kind of get to see a little bit of this and the whole uh, story with the um, doomsday bone and how he saw it and and Mm -hmm. decided to sneak it off because he's actually kind of smart as a kid. He's like, he really picks up on a lot of stuff. Um, He lost it as he got older. (laughs) Truly. Um, He's just a little bit less focused, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't that happen to us all? You know, <laughs> it does. It does. Um, uh, so it was cool. It was cool. I thought the issue itself was like really good, though. Definitely like a four point five out of five. So Sandoval's art was amazing. I love seeing his stuff. Oh here. my gosh, Sandoval is on my like top five list. He is definitely one of okay. my favorites. He's, he sits right next to Bruno Rodondo and Daniel Samperi for me. Period. He's, he's awesome. Period. King. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what would you rate the issue? Definitely a 0.5 out of 5. Okay. Sweet. All right. Well, next up on our list was another banger of a book. It was Batman, One Bad Day. This was the issue focused on Catwoman. So, you know, a couple of heroes have been getting these. The Riddler had one that was also really good. This one is written by G. Willow Wilson, and it has art from Jamie McKelvey. So, you know, I was all in. I was like, yeah, I'm picking this up. But nonetheless, it's just a story. Um, a little one and done. Catwoman, I, I got to tell a little bit disjointed. So basically when Catwoman was a daughter, I mean, a, a daughter, a kid, <laughs> her mom <laughs> had her and her sister, they went to this pawn shop and her mom had this brooch that she got from her mother that she got in Paris during like World War II. Apparently it was supposed to be this really special brooch that meant things when the Nazis occupied Paris and very valuable. The guy's like, this isn't real. It's worth like $200. He takes it, she takes it, they go their separate ways. We get down to the present and Selena has discovered that this brooch is actually being auctioned off and it's apparently worth a bunch of money, like $20 million or something like that. So she's like, well, I'm gonna go steal it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I see the Um, logic. (laughs) So like, and throughout the issue, she's kind of just like, there's this internal monologue and narration and just discussing why she steals and talking about like how she grew up poor and like the system and capitalism. And we see things like as she's walking throughout Gotham, people are protesting in the streets with signs like eat the rich and things like that. They're going up against the cops. And it's just like, you know, a really good dissection on her character and how she gets to where she does. So she gets to this auction where they're having this big event and they're doing all these things. She runs into this woman while she's admiring the brooch and the woman kind of gives her some history on the brooch that she didn't know about before making it seem that more valuable selena does while she's actually there she sees bruce which was kind of funny <laughs> like she's walking through the crowd and he just like peeks up at her she's like oh my god so she keeps on moving um <laughs> she steals the brooch and when she does it she like calls her sister the next day and she's about to tell her like you know i got this brooch back that mom thought was worthless it's actually worth a lot of money maggie is kind of like what does it matter what does having this brooch now do for us? And how does it help mom? Like, it didn't mean anything when we were younger. It don't mean anything now. And Selena's like, this is what being poor does to you. She was like, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm still going to find a way. So she takes it to her own jeweler. Her jeweler tells her, this is fake. She's like, no, that can't be, all of this stuff. She comes to realize that the woman who she met at the auction was actually a con woman herself. And she knew the thing was fake and that she was playing Selena the whole time. And so Selena's like, you know, I'm not one to get played. So she goes to try and track down the woman. 
Okay. And so when she finally tracks the woman down, who shows up? But Bruce. Bruce is like, I've already been tracking this lady. She's been stealing. She's been selling fake artifacts for like however many years, getting away with it. Selena's like, so she's been doing this for 20 years or however long. And you just happen to pop out on the day where I go to find her. She was like, <laughs> was like her man got to come save the day. <laughs> and she was like, you're following me and you need to stop. He's like, no, I've been tracking her. He's like, if you go after her today, you're only doing it to like help yourself. He's like, if you give me a few more days, I'm going to take her down. It's going to help a lot more people. She's like, are you going to stop me? He's like, I'm not going to stop you, but I'd like you to not do it. And she's just like, okay. And she goes to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I expected that. Yes. (laughs) But they do have, like, a really hot moment up there, and, like, they kiss, and, like, she's like, we need to stop, or we're going to be up on this rooftop for hours, and he's like, ooh, I don't have a problem with that. I was like, y'all are nasty. But they have the moment, so she goes to the front of comics with Superman and Lois, and her keeping his... They're freaks! uh, his, uh, his costume and her oh, always talking about, like, from World World with the chains. They're freaks. They're freaks. Old freaks. But... She goes to confront the calm woman. They kind of get into a tussle. She realizes this lady's a little bit stronger than she appears to be. She's faster than she appears to be. She can fight. Selena's giving like her commentary on fighting about like how it's similar to dancing. And I'm like, ooh, that's what I'm talking about. Show that the doll knows what she's doing. Um, the girl still kind of beats it's her up. <laughs> <laughs> she is. You do not want her to be a fighter, and I do not know why. <laughs> I do not see it for her and as a I fighter. I do not know why she is a master martial artist. Nonetheless, the girl kind of beats her up anyway. And (laughs) she tells Selena, while it's funny because while they're fighting, the woman's kind of psychoanalyzing her. She's like, now that you know that the brooch is fake, does it mean less to you? Does like the importance or the value of what you thought it meant all about your family and all that stuff, does it matter? She's like, and why is that? And Selena's like, oh, and then she puts her off her. She gives her a nice little black eye. She tells Selena, she's like, don't come after me. She's like, it won't be good for you. Think of me as competition actually she's like you're not the only thief in town anymore and she goes on by her way bruce comes out the shadows like i want to say i told you so but i'm not and she's like now i know you're following me he's like this time i am and they have a cute little moment he tells her to put a stake on her eye and she says does that work and he says as long as this is an expensive one so come over tonight and i'll give you an expensive steak and she's like i gotta do something first so she goes to her sister. <laughs> I bet she folded though. I bet by the end of it, she's still went back over there. <laughs> no, she told him she's gonna be there. She's like, "Are you gonna be?" She says, uh, "He says, am I gonna see you tonight?" She says, "Are you gonna be good?" I'm sorry. She asks if you're good. He says, "Oh, so I'll see you tonight." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. That oh, was, I would have folded. And, and that was kind of that. So the issue ends off with her calling her sister to just be like, hey, I want to talk to you about whatever. But like, there's narration about how she's just been having a really, really bad day. And it was just a really good Selena story. The art was spectacular. McKelvey killed it, like the panels of her fighting guards, the panels of her like going through vents and sneaking into the auction, her going through and she's doing her stuff. She's talking about her craft and thievery and how it's dramatic. And we see her doing different things like infiltrating. She goes from a waitress to like a patron at the party to like Catwoman to get out. And it's just all really good stuff. I think the girl, she calls herself Forger. Even though Bruce is saying he's going to take her down in a couple days, I wouldn't be mad if she stuck around and popped back up in some of the current Catwoman books to be like her antagonist. Because I do think Selena needs a little competition. It was a hot moment. 
she told her, she was like, don't come over here. You don't want these problems. You just know I'm out here and I can take what you want. And I was like, yeah, that's what she needs. Somebody to apply pressure. Now she's in prison in her main book. So whatever. But all in all, I would give this another like 4.5, like really great stuff. I think if you have been enjoying the one bad day, one shots, this is another one to definitely add to the collection. It's really good. If you have not picked this one up, it's good. And then maybe even check out some of the other ones. Again, the Riddler was really good. But you know, I like the Riddler too. Him and Selena are like up there for me. Yeah, I like the Riddler. He's cool. And then our final book on the list was the new number one. It is Sins of Sinister number one, and that comes from Karen Gillen and art with Luke by Lucas Wernick. And this is starting off the Sins of Sinister event <clears throat> for the X books. <laughs> You should read Sins of Sinister. It was like a fine number one issue. All right. So for those who don't know, Sinister has been boring. Having a moment. <laughs> and this is kind of the outcome of him. I think I remember I told you when I read Immortal last week, we dealt with him killing members of the Council, Hope, Emma, Exodus, Xavier. When he came back, we realized that Sinister had spiked some of his DNA in them. So they had become Sinister of their own volition. This is now taking that on to the next level. We see basically what has started to happen as Sinister has infected pretty much all of Krakoa with his own DNA and has started to take over these people. And then he's introduced this genes that have been introduced to humans so they can have their own temporary X gene and then setting into all these plays in motion. They end up attacking... Yeah, giving them out, making people feel good to help them like live forever and deal with immortality. Um, they deal with Orcus and partner with the Avengers to take them down. They start to work with all these other people and just complete their goals. You see the X-Men under Sinister now acting a little bit bad, what they're actually able to accomplish. The only one who isn't a Sinister is Storm. And so as they start to do all these things, Storm kind of calls them out and she's like, this Nightcrawler here is not my Nightcrawler. What's going on? They reveal themselves to be her sinister people she has a really cool moment where she calls them abominations she basically destroys the council room she flies off to peru she's like it's time for war destiny and mystique pop back up and they're like no we need to win this we got to be smart about it so they go about their way after that we continue to see more things that the sinister folks have done they have destroyed asgard um sebastian shaw is now the king of hell and like kind of controls resurrections uh they killed thanos They've done a lot of really effective things. <laughs> and <laughs> by the end of it, Sinister's kind of saying how he wants to go forward with his own plans. But those other X-Men, Xavier, Hope, Exodus, Emma, they've got their own plans, which kind of shows that even though these people have the gene in them to be Sinister, they're not really Sinister himself. They're still themselves and have their own ideals. They're just... A Sinister more... version of it. Exactly. And with that, Sinister's like, okay, playing the game. He's like, I'm going to get out of this. So he goes down to his lab so he can find his Moras and, like, reset the timeline and, like, do whatever he needs to do. Finds out the lab is gone, and so are all the Moras. And he's apparently trapped in this universe. Oh, no. And so that's where the kind of books divulge. We'll see in the Nightcrawler series. <laughs> with Nightcrawler and like why there are all these various ones because again as we see the different futures we start to like kind of go like 10 years in the future we see that people are going against the sinister gene and saying like oh we need to go here and do this people are kidnapping them um Storm is going to be leading the revolution against the sinisters the Storm and the Brotherhood and 
what's the other book that's coming out? Immoral X-Men, which will probably deal with more council stuff and this crew that's taking it. Xavier looked really good in his little black body suit. So Wernick's art is really good. I've said some things about his art before. I think he's always put a really big emphasis on drawing pretty people, which like, I get everybody loves pretty people, but I think a lot of the page suffer. I feel like here now reading this, it's starting to improve. You can see that his panel layouts are really good. It feels like he's putting a lot of focus on making a pretty page, a pretty and effective page rather than just drawing pretty people standing around. So that was nice to see. I would also give this issue a four out of five. And I think if you're interested in Sinister or like you're kind of into alternate realities, things that are going on, this will be something that you want to pick up. I can't guarantee that I will be following the rest of the event. I'm not going to lie to you. I might just wait for the rest of Hit Marvel Unlimited, but I did at least want to pick up this first issue to see kind of what it gave. And it was written well. It's a Gillen book, though. You don't expect it to be like badly written. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He's not a bad writer. He's not. But those are the books of the week. I think I have no comments. I didn't read that. <laughs> I know that's not for me. So <laughs> I'll tap back into the Xbox later on. Um, but moving on into the AR Club for the week. This week, we basically finished off the rest of the season for season one of Justice League Unlimited. Um, if you are still watching or still <laughs> able to watch the rest of the seasons, please do. It's a great show. Um, but you know. HBO Max, who knows what's happening right now with them, and this is going to be off of their service soon. You know they canceled they canceled Doom Patrol and Titans. Well. I'm heartbroken. Like, I'm devastated. You thought they were going to get renewed? Why wouldn't they? You watch it. You should tell me. Why wouldn't they? That's what I'm trying to figure out, because they're quality television. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't no. know what the Donna Troy, know what you're to Electric shock from tasers? Well, no one liked Donna, so that was fine. Well, that's fair. I nah. Especially Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol was, like, excellent. I've heard that was good. But, again, I've seen clips, and it's just maybe not for me. I'm heartbroken. I'm devastated. Good luck to all but those actors, though. I know some people have been fancasting to see, um, um, I cannot think of her name. Starfire. Anna Diop? Yes, Anna Diop. A Storm. And I've also seen people say that Brandon Thwaites, I think I they pronounced his last name, Nightwing. Oh, should be Cyclops. Cyclops, yeah. I've seen those fan casts as well. I do like Anna Diop as Storm. She would kill it. I don't think it would happen, but I do think I would support it. If right, I same. It yeah. I don't know if it would happen, but and I would. I, She's got my support. Agreed. Beautiful woman. Stunning. She'd eat in a white wig, too. <laughs> she would. <laughs> she would. She would. Okay, we're getting back to Justice League Unlimited. All right, so um, episode nine was the ultimatum episode, and this was the... Interesting because they used these group called the Ultimen, which were, I think, their analogs for the Super Friends, basically, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, I've always found it interesting when... I think DC does this the most whenever they can kind of like pay homage to all their like really old stuff from like the forties and fifties by like just kind of reusing it somehow. And I know that the ultimate like um, long shadow was Apache chief. I think that juice character is supposed to be um, like he's supposed to be Vulcan. I think was his black, black Vulcan, black Vulcan. Yeah. Did you ever see the, uh, the spoof they did on that cartoon? And no. they were talking about they were talking about Black Lightning, 
and he was talking about how he picked his name. And he said Aquaman was like, oh, you should call yourself Black Lightning. And he was like, well, why would you call yourself White Fish? (laughs) 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 I would never forget watching that. That was like the thing ever. Because he was saying how he just wanted his name to be Vulcan. But they were like, no, they were like, no, call yourself Black Vulcan. And he's like, what? That is funny. Um, Was this like SNL or something? I don't remember. I'm going to have to look it up and then I'll like tweet it. Uh, But I I distinctly remember it it was like a spoof. They had like Apache Chief on there. It was all of them. It was really funny though. That's hot. Um, And this episode was also, also the story was by Dwayne McDuffie and the teleplay was by uh, J.M. DeMatteis. Yes, rest in peace. But this episode has the Justice League meeting the Ultimen, and they're these like young team, and uh, they discover that they have been clones, and they've been cloned by Cadmus, Amanda Waller, and Professor Hamilton, and they've learned that they only have a short time to live, and basically they take out all their frustration on the entire Cadmus people, as well as the Justice League when they come, and uh, by the end of it, Long Shadow decides to leave Cadmus and stick with the Justice League. Um, and goes off with Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Aquaman. Um, this was a fun episode. Like I said, I think it's really cool mm-hmm. that they like were trying to find a way to give an homage to those Super Friends characters, um, mm-hmm. and and use these Ultimen again. Um, Aquaman was fun. He's kind of nasty. Um, yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, um, but the later episode, he's a lot nastier. Um, <laughs> and we'll talk. We'll talk about that soon. But I like this episode. I would probably this rate it good. still now, like a four out of five. Agreed. I remember, like back then, I really liked the design of Juice. But I also think that was kind of the first time I started to notice how, like, all the black people had electrical powers. Yes. Yes. Um, which I realize now that I hope that we start to change that narrative to energy powers um, because it seems <laughs> that to be the route. <laughs> Let's get that going. So that way I always have more black energy characters. <laughs> um, the next episode was one I actually am a really big fan of. Um, oh, <laughs> that kind of makes sense. So this was called Dark Heart and it was written by Warren Ellis and the um, it was directed by uh, Dan Reba. And this episode is about a basically a alien technology that's this nanotech that has been like living underground and it has these waves of self-replicating robots that are really hard to destroy. All the league is out there. They get the atom to come in and help fight the robots uh, and stop them from the inside. I like this episode a lot. Y'all know I love a good robot like destruction everybody gets to be out there kind of fighting and um i think i like those so much because again the heroes get to like be as powerful as they want to be and they get to show a lot of their teamwork um this episode also had a really funny moment where batman was in the air getting like attacked by all these robots and and on his plane Mm -hmm. he got Jacked himself and like he's falling. He's flying. He's like, can somebody come and help me? Because I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so. He's like, uh, I'm falling. Can somebody help me? Because I can't fly. And he's like falling for a while. He's like, now nah, will be nice. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. They like, calm down, Bruce. We got you. But we got yeah. what we doing. Super, first. Superman got him. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, and like a lot of the Adam stuff. I wanted to ask you, how do you feel about the Adam as the kind of resident shrinking growing fan 
Um, so I don't really care for the Adam, but that's because I don't really like when the characters only shrink. I like characters when they get big. If shrinking like is a thing of that, okay, cool. But like I can't like prefer characters who grow. Shrinkers, not so much. Yeah. When like you okay. just get small, okay. And I remember he used to have like a power where he like uh, I don't know if he still does it, but when he would travel through telephone lines, I always thought that was so weird. Oh yeah, he did have that power. That is kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I'll never forget the first time I saw that. I was like, what somebody told me he could do that. I said, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't want. To I think they. That. I hope they got rid of that. I haven't seen him do that in a while, but I did think that was weird. Um, but I did think it was cool again to kind of find a way for the animated series to give a character like the Adam the shine, you know, it wasn't Superman saving the day. They did have the Adam come in and, and help out there. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. And like I said, everybody out there had their moments. You had the Ray out there, Dr. Fate, mm-hmm. um, Vixen, Wildcat. King, Queen, King again. I love me some Wildcat. Everybody That's was out there. Right there. I wish DC liked to switch it up and like mix more people together. That would be hot. Mm-hmm. I think we need more team books over at DC. Not solos. I think we need more teams. Um, all right, but the next episode, now this is one where Aquaman is being nasty. This one was called Wake the Dead, and the story is was written by Dwayne McDuffie and Bruce Tim, and the teleplay was by Dwayne McDuffie. And this episode was a group of high school students accidentally resurrect Solomon Grundy, but they've made him way more powerful than he was before previously and he doesn't have any of his memories of the past um dr fate is you know at his like sanctum or whatever aquaman and hawk girl are like playing chess and mm-hmm. aquaman is just reading her the entire time <laughs> saying she, <laughs> she sucks he said i get i have better repartee with the robot even though the robot was in the room <laughs> like that was <laughs> <me>. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that since you don't like all girls. I did. I didn't say it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, said I didn't appreciate it. He was just being nasty. I was like, Ooh, yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the they go out and end up having to assist the Justice League, who is uh Vixen and Green Lantern, who I really do love them as a couple. I really wish that was like canon in the comics and mm-hmm. like a thing. I think they make a great couple. And I also love a a fun, you know, superhero couple when they're like on a mission together on the team. And okay. Yeah, I think that's fun. Having a good time. But they go out there. Yeah, you know, being superheroes together. <laughs> I think it's nice. Um and they go out there, they're kinda not doing well again <laughs> against Grundy. And um Dr. Fate tries to come in. He's not strong enough. Amazo comes in, he freaks out because he's not strong enough. He teleports himself away. And Hawkgirl is like, okay, well, I know my mace can disrupt magic. She ends up having to, you know, put him down, <laughs> for, for lack of better words. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, by the end of it, Supergirl, I mean, Hawkgirl gets admitted back into the Justice League, um, even though, you know, people don't really like her from the previous season because of being a traitor. Being a traitor. Hey, call it like we see it. Yeah, it's what she deserved. But um, the final two episodes were the two-parter, and this was, these were both written um, by Dwayne McDuffie, I assume both the story and teleplay. 
Um, shout out to Dwayne McDuffie. Go. Yeah, was Truly one, of, one of my True. favorite like creators of all time. Probably one of my biggest influences. Him and Issa Rae. <laughs> my biggest like. Come on, <laughs> We love to see it. Um, but this episode, the twelve and thirteen, where the two parters is called the Once and Future Thing. Part uh, Weird Western Tales was part one, and part two was Time and Warped. Where basically there's this character named Kronos who like is going around stealing things from all throughout time, things that people wouldn't really forget, like you know, random versions of the Magna Carta or any other random artifacts. Um, but of course things go haywire. He ends up going back, and uh, the Justice League like catch him trying to. I think he's trying to steal Batman's uh, <laughs> utility belt. And they catch him. They all end up back in the old west. But then someone else ends up uh, using his tech because, of course, when he got there, Kronos he was just like a regular man. And so they beat him up and <laughs> stole all his tech. Uh, <laughs> and uh, while they're there, the Justice League, of course, you know, are being heroes and uh, having some fun little banter there. But they end up trying to stop Kronos. We go to the next episode where this one is in the future, where they meet. Warhawk, who is the kid of Green Lantern and Hawk Girl. They also eat, meet a middle-aged static, which shout out to that. Um, yeah, that was cool. As well as old Batman, old man Batman, um, which I thought was <laughs> funny to, to, to see. Um, I love this episode because static and Green Lantern yeah. together. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I do remember uh, really being into the Warhawk thing of it being Shire and John's son and just like that whole design. But I like a lot of the bird characters now that I think about it. Like Hawkman, Hawk Girl, Golden Eagle when they was around Falcon, which is like really interesting because oh, I, I don't like birds that. in real life. Like a bird. That's wild. You don't like birds in real life. <laughs> I don't like, like I hate birds in real life. Like, I that like. I know. <laughs> so it's just been really interesting though, but I love like a bird type of character. Alien character. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Life's funny. about this hot girl. I don't know. So allegedly, uh, <laughs> multiple? Yes. There's Shaira, Shira, and Kendra. Although Kendra is oh, kind of yeah. like a reincarnated descendant of Shaira. And eventually she went back to being Shaira. But then I think when DC reset itself, they just created a separate Kendra. It was a thing. What? <laughs> what did you say? Because Kendra, Kendra was like dying and the spirit of Shaira like entered her body. Mm-hmm. But like she was still herself. But like she got all of that like reincarnation stuff in her and so like her and Hawkman were drawn to each other but she was like I'm not her like I don't know what you want me to do I gotta live my own life they tried it she's dated other people but then like during brightest day they brought Shaira back and she was like it's me I'm alive again but then that's when they switched over to the Earth 2 universe and they created Kendra and she I knew Kendra from Earth 2 yeah, she was Kendra Saunders there. Um, but since then, I believe she has been brought back over to the main universe. So there's Shaira and Kendra both existing. And they are both sharing the same, like, spirit of Shaira? Two separate girls now. Like, it's all. It's done. And they're both hot girl? Hot girl, hot woman? Or... Depending on what the writers want to do. She's done the hot woman thing. She's been hot girl again. 
don't know. I so did, did you see that DC released released like a slate of comic books that they have coming out, and that's when they announced the new Titan series and mm-hmm. uh, Cyborg series and all that. Apparently, there was a version of that release that is lighter, and you could see more stuff. And one of the things that's yeah. supposed to be coming the Hawkman series. So we might get some more insight into what's going on with all of them there. But we got to see who's writing it first. Although DC has like a nice little roster of writers. They do, as well as artists too. And I expect that hot girl to be in that. She was just in, um, I forget one of those one shots for the Death of the Justice League. And I really, oh, really she liked was. her design. I remember Age that. Of, is that Shaira? I like her. I might like her. I gotta go back and read it. I remember seeing that, and like, I, I actually want to say I read it, but I can't remember if it was Shaira or Kendra. I felt like they were calling her Kendra, though. I thought so too. I don't know. I think that might have been Kendra, because that's been one of the things since they separated them. They very much made Kendra like a brown skin girl. Yeah. Okay. I like Kendra. I think there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I like Shaira. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I definitely don't like her and John together. Y'all can let that go. And Shira. There's also Shira. So Shira is the version that was with Kator Hall, which are the original Egyptian characters. Right. Then there is um, Kator again and Shaira, and those are the Thanagarian versions. However, the writers have kind of come to make it so that like they are the same because he's reincarnating through space and time. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Which do you prefer, Thanagarian or Egyptian? Egyptian. I like yeah. the reincarnation angle. I think it gives you more opportunities to bring Carter back. It's like different, but the same. And mm-hmm. um, I just, I got a thing for Egyptian mythology too. So I think that's really cool. So like them finding the nymph metal and then doing what they need to do to become the hawk people and then getting lost in it. And plus it's also got the power of love. And I love that trope. That's beautiful. Eternal yeah. love always finding each other. Uh, mm-hmm. Do they love each other? Or do they still kind of fight they, the... Do they fight the, like, oh, we we don't want to do Destiny. Like, I know that we were together before, but we can't do oh, that now. No, it very much gives, like, we're going to be together forever. Uh, Kendra was the like first that. time... <laughs> Kendra was the first time where it came around, and it was like, oh, no. I can't do this. Like, I'm not supposed to be with you. I don't think I'm supposed to be with you. But she comes around. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they take a little time, but they come (laughs) (laughs) What would you have rate these last few episodes here in this, like, season Um, of Justice League? I will also continue around the lines of, like, 3.5, 4 out of 5. I thought, like, the the cartoon continuously was good and well done. I think Duffy, McDuffie doing these last few episodes and things like that was also really a testament to just how good it was. He is GOAT. He is a great writer. He does good stuff. And I, I... yeah, I think you can also tell with the characters that he used. He had a type, and he. <laughs> John was going to be right there. Vixen was going to be right there. <laughs> Vixen was going to be right there. John was going to be right there. Like, he knew he was. <laughs> I really liked him. Great cartoon. I'm going to miss it. I can't believe HBO Max is taking it off their service. Such a wild thing. I'm going to try to watch as much more as I can um, before it's taken off. I. I mean, love this show. This is such a like an impactful show, I think, for a lot of people. To people who yeah. are just reading or getting into Green Lantern, like this is John is their Green Lantern because of this show. Now, I'm John is also so. like seen because of this show, but we yeah. can fix that. We've come away at yeah, least. I think enough. We could fix that. You can probably put him in like his forties now. 
how old is Batman? If how I mean if uh John is in his forties. Fifties. Okay. This makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. how old is Vixen? Oh. She old too. They all old. I guess we can all, old. The leaders, <laughs> all the leaders are old. Like I think if that is one thing that DC has been very consistent to like let you know is that the league is old. Like that, yeah. that's they not they not no cool chicken. You're not coming around talking about oh they 26, 27. Nah, like the youngest one is probably 38. Damn, and that's I was like gonna, I was gonna say the youngest one was like 32. Nobody's like younger than 30. Who's 32? You know Supergirl? Who's Yeah. Like Supergirl's like 30. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Supergirl. <laughs> but like when you get to the people above her, Clark and them, they 50. They're they 50. Yeah. They're they're like the Clark again. Is Emma's age. <laughs> okay. Well <laughs> I'm making the comparison. Of that, like, of that <laughs> generation, I would say the youngest person is 38. Not count like I think once you get to like the supergirls, the Karas and all that, you started to like drop down your generation. So yeah, they're gonna be a little bit older, but still young. When you get to the people who are with Clark, Bruce, Diana, Ollie, Dinah. Vixen, all of them, like 38, maybe is the youngest for them. Then how old are the, are the Titans 30? The Titans should be 30. Titans should be like late 20s, early 30s. Mm-hmm. Especially if Supergirl's 30. Yes. I agree with that. It's Which makes me feel like this whole thing, this push for the Titans to become like their actual thing. Team. Yeah, although, like, they're trying to make this seem as if, like, oh, the Titans are growing up now, even though they all been old. They've like, been grown. Ollie got kids. Yeah. Ollie, Wally. <laughs> I know what you uh, mean. Wally got kids. <laughs> yeah, Wally got kids. Um, they, They've been grown. They, they've done the whole grown thing. They was, Honestly, they was grown in their book. <laughs> exactly. I feel like they're just finally, like, making it. Saying that they're... Saying I don't know how I feel about that series, though. I won't lie to you. I'm, you know, I go and kind of touch and go on Tom Taylor, his writing. And yeah. while I am a huge Titans fan, I've also always been of the mind that I don't think that team should still be the Titans. I do think that they should evolve and move on. And if they're going to, like, do this thing and be a league, I think you should just let them be the Justice League then. Mm-hmm. I saw someone, some uh, Wally West flash stand posted that picture of all of them like dressed in like these very nice clothes and they're like posing in front of their old picture and was like, look at look at Wally hanging with his friends who don't want to grow up past high school. Always like, reminiscing about high school. That's what it's given. It's like, no, y'all can go do other things now. Like, please be serious. Although the Starfire design looks good. I did like it. I mean, basically everybody got just like a modernized version of the Teen Titans costume. As most DC characters do. They don't go past, they don't go too far beyond their regular look. Nobody. <laughs> yeah. Okay, not everybody has them. Y'all keep got to at least lay off my girl uh, Rogue in her 90s costume. It's just iconic. Okay. <laughs> nah, that's, that needs to go. I'm sorry. She does need to change, yes. But some people just have iconic looks. Everybody doesn't have that. She does. Okay. 
And you know, sometimes a blessing is a curse. <laughs> you know what? Let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll come right back. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> All right, y'all, and welcome back to another relaunch, and this is the relaunch section of the show, and this week I'm going to be doing a character close-up, and the character I'm doing is Finesse. Now, some people may be familiar with her, some may not be. Um, some may not be surprised about why I picked her, if you know me as a <laughs> comic book reader. <laughs> she is the daughter of Taskmaster. Now, uh, this character was created by Crystal's Gage and Mike McConan. And she made her debut in Avengers Academy number one in June of 2010. Now, she is very similar to Taskmaster, where she has, like, the photo... I don't know if they had, like, a word yet. You know how they always make up words for people's superpowers, like, Atmos Kinesis and all this other kind of stuff? Like, I don't know if they've... (laughs) I don't know if they've (laughs) made anything up specific to, like, do her, like, photo... Like, copy or... Kinesthetics or whatever you want to call it. I feel like they do, because I feel like I've seen it referenced with Echo before, but I just can't think of what it's called right now. Yeah. Like a photographic reflex? Basically, photographic memory reflex. Yeah. Either way, she got those abilities. And she was actually... um, It was kind of unclear in the beginning about where her powers and and her parentage kind of came from. It was, like, supposed to be this big secret. Um, And then, like, they said that her parents were criminals who paid... Who worked under Taskmaster. And she was known to have these abilities at a young age. And she ended up getting, like, basically recruited by Taskmaster, who kind of, like... I don't want to say, like, uh, taught her everything she knows, but, like... He recruited her, and uh, there was another girl there. I mean, another student there who was like being tortured. His name was Jeremy Briggs, and um, so like Osborne. This was doing this whole um, what was it? What was his takeover called? Dark Rain. Dark Rain. Yes, during his the Dark Iconic. Rain era. Yeah, <laughs> um, during his whole Dark Rain era, where he was just being a very nasty man, and um, so she was under Osborne, but then later on. Avengers Academy is created, and she, along with a few other students who were also tortured by Osborne, were accepted into Avengers Academy, and that's where most people would know her from. Um, you know, she's cool with Hazmat and Reptile, and one of the issues for Avengers Academy, her and Reptile are married in the future. They had a kid, but got divorced, um, and yeah, I think she's a really fun character. Now, I think she is someone who I think could be used to kind of put a, a kind of a battle in the back of the young characters, in my opinion. Her most recent appearances actually have been in the Wasp uh, series. Not I Hope. I'm sorry, not Hope. That's not her name. Not Janet. Uh, but Nadia Van Dyne's series, uh, The Unstoppable Wasp uh, from 2019. Now, in this series, she was... Uh, a part of AIM and was sent out to kind of mm. kidnap the WASP team that uh, she mm. had built over there. And so she was kind of doing some villainous things. Of course, by the end of it, uh, they stopped AIM and, of course, asked Finesse to help them out. So she kind of stayed over there with them for a bit as their bodyguard. And yeah, her kind of being with AIM really showed me that she kind of could kind of fill her dad's spot, but for like mm-hmm. the younger characters. So, mm. 
Okay. The way I would launch her is, I know people have always heard me talk about that Taskmaster mini by Jim McKay. Loved it. Yeah. Um, it was good. It was good. What made me really think about finesse was that I um, had thought like, oh, it would have been cool if she was in it, and if they were to ever do another mm-hmm. ongoing, I think that, or at least, or at least a mini series for Taskmaster, finesse should be in it, and Taskmaster should basically be in his girl dad era where. He is being like, you know, the nurturing father and everything, but they're still villains. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. this isn't this is a redemption thing about anyone. Okay. She is still, she's still, you know, got that edge to her. She's not really trying to be a hero. He is still being taskmaster. Um, I think it would be really cute if he is like, you know, I want you to take over the family business <laughs> of being a villain. Mm-hmm. And also, as well as the way that he used to train all the bodyguards for all the other villains, I think that would be great for her to like, you know, maybe intern at his company or something. That would be cute. Okay. I think that, that could be cool. It would really boost her up, and I think that she could make a great villain for the like champions um, or any of those kind of like young characters. The younger kids, they need a couple of like villains their own age, so I can see that. Um, yeah. And they've met before in the comics, right? The I champion? feel like I've seen those panels. No, um, Finesse and Taskmaster. I feel like I've seen them fighting each other before. They have. So they had one in the <laughs> Avengers Academy era um, where they met, but like again, it was still left to be like up in the air whether or not Taskmaster mm-hmm. was actually her father because he says that while I am remembering new memories, like it erases previous memories mm-hmm. from my mind, so he couldn't remember her birth, that mm-hmm. he couldn't even remember like yesterday. So he's got like, it, no, I can't even. It it but of course they like he was like based on your movements like mm-hmm. i think you are my be my daughter um which i oh, think that was also to speak with finesse later on like she in the future with her and uh with her and reptile when they were together uh she lost her like wanting to be around other people because she couldn't like mm-hmm. feel them so she would like or like remember them her memory was like gone mm-hmm. It's like base who you were off of how you moved, and like that could be how she like signaled that. So I think that was kind of showing you like the downside to their abilities is they lose. That's actually kind of interesting. Shout out to her and Reptile too. He's the king. He actually had an Infinity comic that came out this week, and the cousin Ava, the Princess of Magic, she was in it. You guys should check that out too if you haven't read it. Oh, that's right. Good for them for continuing to use Ava and and Reptile. That's great. Yeah. They're cool. I stand for them. But um, and finesse, she could pop up in one of his little stories too, and you know, deal with that little relationship, especially if she's gonna be a bad girl. But she, he could be the one that turns her to the path of good, true love. He could try. <laughs> I think that <laughs> <laughs> that could be great. Um, but yeah, I think everyone should really check out finesse. I think she's a really cool character, especially for those younger ones. Um, we don't need to continue to constantly make new ones. There are plenty of them out there for you to kind of reach back in the past and bring up to the forefront like all right y'all well that brings us to the end of the show please make sure you rate and subscribe us wherever you get your podcasts you know you can find us on twitter and instagram at another relaunch you can find us um you, on youtube at another relaunch tv you can email us anything at another relaunch at gmail.com you can find me on most social media platforms at uncanny lz keenan where can they find you you guys know you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keena Lance. As always, there's an underscore at that. Boom. All right, y'all. Let's get up out of here, and we'll catch you next week. Peace. Bye. Bye.